Hello there, wonderful people. Welcome to Off Air. Uh, this is episode number three. It's the news and pop podcast by two breakfast radio hosts, Nick Stewart and myself, Tim Rubin, saying the stuff that we don't get to say on air. Uh, this week, we've got three topics. We're doing Donald Trump's anti-Rona treatment, uh, the best and worst attempts at sports with no crowds, and The Last Dance, who is the greatest basketballer of all time, MJ or LeBron. And as usual, Nick doesn't know any of the topics. And uh, normally, we've been calling him on the phone. We're changing it up today after we got some great feedback from Michael Billings. We're always open to feedback. Billow said, guys, honestly... Even if I was listening to a podcast that was written about my own life and it was narrated by Morgan Freeman personally, I still wouldn't listen to it if you'd recorded it over the phone. So no more phones. We're connecting digitally. Here we go. Tim, Nick, yeah, you with Nick, Nick and Tim, it's real talk, yeah. hey, it's real walk. This ain't gossip, it's just what we say when we're all here. It's real talk, it's real talk. Just two opinions, we spit what we say. We all here, it's real talk. It's true talk. It's two opinions, we spit what we say when we all here, baby. We've got an opener. We, we got a thing made. <laughs> I'm blown away, but as, as I've been very vocal about the whole time, I want to put as little effort into this as possible. Who did you? Can we give a shout out to those people? We can. It's not even. It's not even those people. It's one guy. It's James Hollands. Uh, it's a guy who we had on our show. Uh, we did like an un- under the covers segment, and he did this beatbox thing. And I was like, on the side, I was like, mate, can you help me out? I'm doing a side project. <laughs> How good wow. is that? Does James it... Hollands. Thank you so much. Do you I, like I it? feel honoured. <laughs> it makes. Is this better or worse than when you saw that we had a little picture with the little cartoons? It's very official, Look, isn't it? They've all been surprises. I mean, you you conned me into doing three podcasts, and I will remind you, we are at the third. Uh, well, we've never said and... that, we've never said that in a podcast yet, by the way. Well, so anyone just, hearing I'm, that look. is gonna. So the way that this came about was, I said, Nick, let's do three as a trial run, and this is number three. So what are we, we're going to have a. A serious conversation at the end of this. Is that what? <laughs> well, let's just see how it goes first. Don't right? let's, hit... uh, let's not count our chickens before they hatch. Don't okay? hit subscribe. But, uh, there yeah, might it was not very be. funny because the next day I sort of just assumed you were showing this to uh, like your closest personal friends. And I was tagged in a post on Facebook with graphic design. And now we've got an opener. It's fantastic stuff, mate. I mean, you're really, uh, in terms of the seesaw that is our relationship, you're really sitting at the top at the moment. What's the latest? What's going on? Um, what's going on in your life? How's everything? How you're in, you, uh, you live in Queensland in Toowoomba, and you can go to um, restaurants and bars and things. Are you enjoying it? Are you having a fun time? Yeah, I am actually. I mean, we've uh, you know, I'm I am a Queenslander through and through, mm-hmm. and I have always loved living here. Uh, aggressively so towards you sometimes, and I am. I I, I really am, have never been more appreciative of the fact that yeah, we're a little backwards, but. We will shut the border. We will do it and we will block you people out. It might have been 115 years too late, but we got there and now I can finally enjoy a beer at a restaurant. And yes, it is lovely. Actually, it is weird because I will just throw this in as a side note. Uh, Me and all my mates in a little group chat have been talking about going out to a restaurant tomorrow night, which which will be Friday night. I'm not sure when this is posted. Yeah, we record Um, this on Thursday. Yeah. Yeah, but... Uh, I, it's in the group chat. We're all getting like weirdly excited. And we've even like some of us, myself included, have booked haircuts and bought like a new jacket. It feels very like 1940s housewifey to finally yeah. be let back out of the house. It's a really weird, 
weird sensation. How are you guys going? Because obviously um, you're still well and truly, Victoria has been the strictest in terms yeah. of the lockdowns so, and Dan Andrews doesn't look like he's backing down from anything. What's What's the mood like? Uh, around there especially heading into winter there's well it's a bit of two things uh, there's jealousy like i think like i'm really jealous of you guys and and of all my friends who live in new south wales and sydney and stuff um but it's like we're still at a fun part of the ride like last weekend was the first weekend that we were allowed to spend time with other people and have other people around to your house and whatever um i had two mates come around i said come around um saturday lunch and we'll make some pizzas on the barbecue and have some ciders in the sun and cut to 11 p.m. and we were dancing in the living room doing <laughs> shots of fireball. Like they just didn't leave and they brought so much booze. And and I was like, how did you guys get here? And they both separately had caught Ubers. So I think oh, everyone, wow. yeah, everybody in Victoria is just firing up. <laughs> yeah. And it's, I cannot wait because this is like I know a lot of, I don't know about you, but a lot of me and my friends or friendship circles, there was lots of jokes about like, yeah, 2020, it's going to be just like the 1920s. The Roaring Twenties. Exactly right. And then we roared straight into a pandemic where ironically uh, our our bars were shut, which is what happened in America in the 1920s. Um, And so I cannot wait. You know I I love uh, a beer and I love the pub and I I don't think my fiance Jazz is going to see me for three months once all this dies down because I'm just going to be living in and out of bars. You're going to disappear. Hey, we should for better or worse, Tim. For better or worse, (laughs) (laughs) I might. I'll end up twenty kilos heavier with long hair and skid marks on my pants, but it's going to be a hell of a ride, mate. Story number one. Donald Trump announces that he's taking an unproven coronavirus drug. It is called hydroxychloroquine. Nick, I want to know what you think in two seconds, but first, let's just have a listen to Trump telling the media for the first time, and you can literally hear every press worker's brain exploding. You'd be surprised at how many people are taking it, especially the frontline workers, before you catch it. The frontline workers, many, many are taking it. I happen to be taking it. I happen to be taking it. Hydroxychloroquine? I'm taking it. Hydroxychloroquine. Right now, yeah. A couple of weeks ago, I started taking it. You know the expression I've used, John? What do you have to lose? What do you have to lose when you're taking an untested malaria medication? Nick, have you? I'm sure you've heard it. What do you think? I mean, what a time to be alive, first and foremost. What a, what a, what an absolutely fantastic time to be alive. He is the leader of the free world. He's mm-hmm. the man with his finger on the nukes, and he is just a complete and utter shit show. And I don't know, I don't know if deep down in there there is some semblance of of a, a working brain. Because you do hear stories and you hear stories about business in the eighties and things like that. And a lot of people that have worked for Donald Trump say he is a very caring uh, person and he cares about the, the uh, his employees lives, but what he is doing to single-handedly fuck that country <laughs> as hard as he possibly can. And, and, and it's just the ramblings of an old man. Like yeah. that's the biggest thing we all forget is Donald Trump is a uh, mid to late seventies. He's one of the oldest presidents they've had in a very long time. Uh, and it, and when you just look at him as if you are conversing with someone in their mid to late seventies, yeah. 
it all makes perfect sense. I love his logic. What have you got to lose? Like, it's a good question. Like a shitload. Like, you know, you're taking medicine that you don't know what it's going to do to you. I've to actually answer that. What have you got to lose? I've gone on to um, drugs.com and I've gone to the hydroxychloroquine uh, page to find some of the potential side effects. Um, fast or pounding heartbeats, fluttering in your chest, a seizure, yellowing of eyes, ringing in ears, unusual mood changes, muscle weakness, loss of coordination, low blood cell counts, low blood sugar, blurred vision, trouble focusing, trouble reading, changes in color vision, hazy. I mean, it's like this thing literally goes for like, like three pages and one of them is death. So that said that it, they all sound like things Donald Trump probably already has. He has. He so, has so if anything, he, he is factually stating he has nothing to lose because he's like, well, I've, I mean, I'm sure someone around him has. I actually, do you, let me ask you a straightforward uh-huh. question though. Do you believe he is actually taking it? Well, I don't know. And what I thought was really interesting, because this press conference goes on for a little while. And one of the questions that get that gets asked next is, why have you not said this? Why has this not been brought up? Because he goes, I've been on it for weeks. And he goes, mm. well, you've never asked, which is the most, it, like, it is the most, when I was working, when I was like just out of uni, I was, um, I, I taught kids and the lies and little things of like, did you wash your hands? Yeah. Did you really? No. Like the things that yeah. you would have to, the b- buttons that you would have to push to get the truth. And when you would watch a little kid, like try and come up with something on the fly, that is the only time in my life that I've ever seen responses like Donald Trump's. Yes. Um, and that's why I don't think he actually is taking this. Like he is, but why would he, he, he just, he's reached the point, especially his relationship with the press in America. And you've got to remember, this is a guy who got into power, mm. uh, by essentially alienating the media. His biggest sell to middle America is the media is lying to you and they are wrong. And I will help you escape them and make America great again. He, he yeah. literally would hold big rallies and press conferences where the media would be there covering it and he would get the 10,000 people that are in the arena to yeah. turn and point and boo at these humans, yeah, at, at actual other human beings. So it, his relationship has been built on being rocky with the mainstream media outside of Fox. But it's it's now reached the point where those press conferences, it's it's you hit the nail on the head. It's literally like watching a bunch of adults question a child who has like cookies smeared across their face. Yeah. And he is just freestyling to the best of his abilities to the point where now they get Mike Pence to do the question segment. Cause they've just realized that there is no, no logic that's going to be had in any of those conversations. And it can only result in a bad look for Donald Trump. Uh, the first thing that came to my mind when I saw this was what is, does he have stakes in it or something? Because is he trying to is he trying to sell like I know that Donald Trump has so many fingers in so many pies. He's literally had a steak company, tie companies, shoe companies. Do you reckon he's got mates who work at the hydroxy pharmaceutical company? <laughs> like, no, I real? don't think he's ever I don't think he's literally ever heard that word until ten seconds before that press conference. And he <laughs> might through, as you said, the fact he has lots of but I actually think it's more of a case of he's heading towards an election. Yeah, he senses there's been a yeah. lot of negative. I mean, this whole this whole saga and the way that uh, the COVID nineteen stuff has played out in the US has constantly been uh, first 
pretend it doesn't exist. Okay, it's here. It now exists. Mm-hmm. Let's blame uh, Barack Obama yeah. for apparently uh, destroying the health system before he could get there. Then he moved on to blaming China, which he's now in. And he and and I don't know if you've you've been following, but he came out and said, "Look, there's at, at the worst stage, there's going to be sixty thousand deaths in America, and it's going to happen towards the end of May." Well, we're heading towards the end of May, and they passed sixty thousand deaths a month ago. Yeah, what are they so he, in the nineties? I think they're in the nineties yeah, as of they're today. They're in the nineties, if not just cresting a hundred thousand. So he needs ultimately, he just needs some runs on the board, and he's just reached the point where he's like, "I'm just going to sling as much shit as I can." Mm. And try to feed my support base with some hope. But the ironic part is he is walking into probably the most one-sided election, ironically, since Barack Obama's second run at president. Like, no, there is no way, mark my word right now in this podcast, that Donald Trump will lose the election. You think? There's no way that he'll lose. Well, they're not going to put Joe Biden in. <laughs> they hated Joe Biden wow. when he was the vice president. Yeah. Like, they've got wow. no you think one he's going to do a second him. term. I, I think you make a really interesting point that his tactic last time was literally just to do crazy shit and make it into the news. I heard a political um, correspondent describe what he was doing, and I thought that this was really interesting. They described it as normally the race for president is a horse race, and so you've got 12 horses all lined up. And then Donald Trump is released into it and he's a fucking dragon and he's just do and he's just doing other stuff. And so you've got all the horses competing and just, and racing and running. And Donald Trump is like just doing crazy shit. And by doing that, he's just roasting. Like he, he's destroyed the competition that was politics in America. And now instead of having good platforms and actually having ideas, it's just being in the news and being in front of people's faces. And unfortunately, in a, in a country where you don't have to vote, it just fires up crazy people around America and they buy it and it, and it works well, for him. Well, there's a level it, of genius there, isn't there? Yeah. Because he also didn't, in the first election, he also didn't win the popular vote. So he has been, inc- like, it is probably... In 20 years' time, there'll be two possible outcomes. In 20 years' time, either the world won't exist because Donald Trump was president (laughs) or we'll all be looking back going, that is the greatest... Like, kids will study this in marketing at university. That is the greatest because he worked out, if I appear, I want to be president. That was his primary goal. And it wasn't to make a difference. It's because he wanted to and he rarely doesn't get things that he wants. So he went, okay... What is the simplest way for me to become president of this country? And it was to play the anti-politician and it was to appeal to voters in the Midwest and and lower populous areas uh, because they actually count. So their votes actually count for more than people living in cities. And so it's wild. Even though he's hated in the two major city centers of America in terms of LA and New York, the middle of America just love him. They just love him. I think you're right. I think you're bang on that he will be like, what is happening will be taught in marketing classes because he really is. He's like the Coca-Cola of politics. Like there is not a single reason for a person to consume Coca-Cola. It's bad for your teeth. It's bad for your liver. It's bad for your blood. It's like bad for every single. Shout out Coca-Cola. It's bad bad for, yeah, it's bad for every single part of you, but it's advertised everywhere and people drink it. Because it's everywhere. And that's, it's just a part of our culture. All right. Story number two. Yep. 
Okay, story number two. Nick, sport is returning around the world and nobody knows how to do it without crowds. The AFL has said that it's going to be returning June 11, but with fake crowd noises, which I think will be very fun. The Premier League in the UK is going to be using a green screen to CGI crowds in. No. Yeah, they've said that they're going to be doing it. Um, South Korean, uh, The South Korean football team, FC Seoul, has already been penalised. They've been fined $100,000 for putting sex dolls into the crowd. Yeah, this is what I saw. And those are <laughs> cheap. Can I just say, as a side note, those dolls are not cheap. No. They are like 3800 a pop. And they have like one every third seat. It's like, it's mm. insane. Plus, can you imagine the after parties? <laughs> My question to you is, Nick, what do you think about sport without crowds? We've seen there are some sports that have gone ahead with it. Like at the end of the NRL rounds, there were just no crowds and they just thought, oh, we'll try it. The UFC came back and they had a UFC recently with no crowds. What do you think of it with no crowds? And what do you think of all these weird attempts? I think it's so, you know, that I am a sport is part of my life. It's been a part of my life, my whole life. It's, I am a sports nut. I I consume sports podcasts still every single day, even though there hasn't been any. Uh, And I love the attempt to bring it back. Obviously uh, I desperately want it back, even just for my mental health, but let's, let's skip out all the other stuff. What would you do? How would you solve the problem? I want to know your thoughts first, because I've put a lot of thought into this. Oh, you have an answer for this? I have a potential, well, I have some answers. I know what I would like to see happen. I don't think it will though. So is there anything that has jumped out to you as being a good idea first? I think you need, I I think you need something. I think watching it, uh, because I watched some of the football, the NRL, the AFL and the UFC with no crowds. And I Mm. think what that did, stripping the crowd away was so revealing about what it was that you were actually watching. And like when you watch UFC with no crowd, it's it's really just it's like it's two guys rolling around on to, on top of each other in silence and it was so yeah. awkward and the same i would say for the NRL and the AFL and it made me it actually made me like stop and question what the purpose of sport is and i think that sport has a really important role in society i love sport as well probably i, I don't think i watch as much as you do but I Can think- I just say, as a side note, yeah. you are the worst sports watcher yeah. I have ever <laughs> been to a proper sporting event with. Why? You, you and I, we went to the, we went to the Cowboys, and we were fortunate enough to be put up in a box seat. Yeah. And like you spent the entire time a hitting on a girl next to you, and then b getting bored with the game and eating dim sims. It was I was like, and I was glued to it, and I was like, shut up. That's what I'm saying is Nick sport plays a very important role in society, (laughs) allowing people to hit on people in boxes. Well, I think that I I think that you only feel as especially as an adult. You only get the opportunity to feel really childlike adrenaline a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Like that is that's part of your childhood fading away is that massive adrenaline hit when you get uh, that you get at certain sporting events. And mm-hmm. I can think of uh, like I off the top of my head, I can think of two really clear examples where I had tingles in my body as if I was at a a concert of my favorite artist with only 20 other people. And that is the state of origin, Austra- uh, uh, Queensland versus New South Wales yep. at Suncorp Stadium. 
Actually, they're both at Suncorp Stadium and the other one was a Super Rugby final uh, between the Reds and the Crusaders that the Reds ended up winning. Uh, and both of them were super close matches that came down to the last five minutes. And just the feeling of the the, the general feeling of elation and feeling 55,000 other people being on top of you, being elated, yeah. I agree with you, is a massive part of sport. And I think we are actually going to see a downturn in the quality from the athletes because I cannot for a second begin to imagine if I feel that way sitting in a seat Mm. 20 rows back 50 rows back what an athlete must feel while they're doing their job and have that level of energy around them so when you take that away it is going to immediately affect the quality but I just want to hear them all mic'd up just mic all the players this is what you do just mic all the players up run it in in a minute long delay uh which would probably affect the gambling in some way but so that you can dump it and have and have a clean feed and then have a dirty feed for the adults. So if you're an adult, you can sign up and wow. listen to the literal unfiltered uh, smack talk of professional athletes going hard at each other. And for the families, you've got one where they can quickly cut it out or beep it if there is. Because mm-hmm. for me with basketball, that would just be a Dream dream sledging. come true listening to LeBron James or someone. Yeah talking to other players and having that kind of talk. But they I could do that the anyway. They could do that anyway. That, like that's something. Well, they that... could do it, but they protect yeah. the players. Like they, cho- it would give us a different perspective okay. on our favorite players. I think if we were seeing and listening to them, uh, but pretend like obviously having just watched the Michael Jordan doco and all of that belittling other people, yeah. swearing at other people, all of that type of gear, but it would be as a sport of file it would be so fascinating to see them interacting with each other. I I agree. I don't think that that answers the question though of what are we going to do without the crowds? I think that that's a cool marketing thing. Um, I don't know what the answer is, but I think that I'm probably in the minority. I think that it's important. I think that they should add some type of fake crowd noise or, and I know that this is going to sound really silly, but you've seen Gogglebox? Yeah. I think they should do Gogglebox Sport where you sign up and they have like 20,000 people sign up their family home watching a football game of whatever kind and you have a little oh, camera set you have a little camera set up yeah and they they fade in and out and every now and then they choose a camera and they switch it on and you go foom and you're inside the Stewart family's home and you see Nick Stewart running around the house after a try score or a goal scored or whatever and I think that they need they could bring people at home into the games that way. But I think you've got it. I think that all of these people trying, I think that they've figured out that they need to do something. And I think it's okay. because... All right. Hold on, though. With your okay. idea, I just want to touch on something right. yeah, because sure. I can see an immediate flaw. And I don't want a black hat. I don't want to be the person to shoot an idea down. What? But do we really want to see a 30-foot image? And do the players really want to see a 30-foot-sized <laughs> image of someone just feverishly masturbating every third house they go into. Because that's what's going to happen. What was that? What was that a chat roulette or something back yeah. in the day that we all yeah. like you'd go on and literally every third one was just was some creep beating his fucking meat. Like that's exactly what that would become yeah. really quick. It's, it's... <laughs> what's, what's the internet rule? If as soon as something is created, somebody's having sex with it somewhere on the internet. Yeah, exactly right. That's exactly right. And that's exactly what would happen. Mm. I love the ingenuity of the idea, but you just, you, you're too good. You're too good of a person. <laughs> I like, I like what you were saying before about the childlike feeling of watching sport. And I think to go one step further on that, there are very few times in our lives that we have a sense of tribalism 
um, and that we're yeah. allowed to have that sense of tribalism. Like that's what we came from. We came from tribes and that's why we love the Olympics and we love sporting events because we want to see our tribe represented and it doesn't, it can be from where you're from or just the team or the uh, t-shirt that you choose. But there's something about being a part of 50,000 people cheering. And even when you're watching it at home, seeing those people cheering, that's a part of it. You 25,000 of those people are your people and you're watching it with them. And when you strip that back, it's just a group of guys running around tackling each other. Like it's, it's a training session. I think you need yeah, that. I, I, I think you like, I, you I agree with everything you're saying, but yeah. I think you're thinking too hard, man. Just in like, just enjoy, let, let, let the emotion flow over you. Like I'm still going to well, enjoy that's... watching sport thoroughly. Cause I love seeing people who are good at what they do, mm. do it. And mm. ultimately that's what professional sport is. Like I would never go down and watch park footy. I, I, I rarely have. And I, play basketball and I would never ask my fiance jazz to come and watch me play, but I would ask her to watch LeBron James play just like you go to an art gallery and yeah. you look at a great painter. And you would like, take, would you take your 27 Korean sex dolls down to the basketball to watch you play? Obviously. Yeah. A hundred, <laughs> but well, yeah. <laughs> oh man, that story made me laugh so much. I just loved it that they've met so well. And then there's just, oh, that was, yes, I would take my 27 take sex, sex dolls to watch me play. <laughs> Story number three. Uh, Michael Jordan's documentary, The Last Dance, has wrapped up on Netflix. It's been one of the most watched docuseries ever made. And off the back of it, now ESPN has created a poll online and they are comparing, they're trying to finally answer the question, who's the greatest of all time, <laughs> Michael Jordan or LeBron James? Nick, have you seen it? What do you think? I haven't seen the poll. Obviously, I've seen The Last Dance. You've you've played this one straight into my wheelhouse, yeah. Ruben, because I am a I am a giant NBA fan. And I know, and that sounds really wanky because everyone has become a giant NBA fan in the past five years. No, you've been but a I'm fan that, forever. I, I'm that little kid that had the Shaquille O'Neal uh, Orlando Magic jersey and, and was really upset when he went to the Lakers. Mm. And, and you fit all it as that well. Year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I've played it my whole life. I, I should have been an NBA player. Um, the only thing that stood in my way was ability and mindset. Uh, but what is, can you tell me what the, do you know what the poll is up to? I'd love to know. So it's actually a really interesting poll. They break things down. Um, hold on, I'll see if I can get it. One second. Here we go. Yeah, show, I would love okay. to know more about it because there is so many ways to skin this cat. And ultimately, there is no right or wrong answer. Uh, I think there's a different way to answer this question a million times and it's going to continue to fuel debate until there is someone else in that conversation. But, but I mean, hat tip to LeBron James that he yeah. is involved in the conversation. I am a massive personal uh, fan. LeBron James is my favorite player. I follow him whichever team he goes to. I really love what he stands for on and off the court. And I love the way he plays the game of basketball. Who's the best? That said, I, I definitely think MJ is the greatest basketball player of all time. I think it's uh, it's not even open for conversation. And there's a few reasons why I would say that, which I'm happy to share with you. So how are they doing this? Give me a so I'm looking at it now. Uh, it's quite interesting. You actually vote on all these different um, stats. So like better offensive player, better defensive player. So Jordan uh -huh. wins better offensive, 65 to 35. Uh, wins better defensive, 59 to 41. Basically, he averages out at winning to about 59% to 41% overall, 
What do you think? Yeah. I think, look, ultimately, I think that's a really fair representation, but there's a million different ways to break this down. Mm. Like, for, uh, from an outsider, what's your thoughts on this whole debate or this whole conversation? I haven't really, you're going to hate my perspective on this because it's so wanky. I know yeah. that this is going to rile you up. <clears throat> I don't think that you can, I don't think that you can compare them. And I'm going to take this actually away from basketball. And I think the only way that I can like the clearest analogy before I was in radio, I uh, worked as an actor and people would compare different actors who have played the same role all the time. Oh, are you talking like on stage or are you talking like yeah, as I, in well, Jim Carrey's been the Joker and Heath Ledger's been the Joker and Joaquin Phoenix has been the Joker? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Wa- the same. Yeah. So Jim Carrey's been the Joker. Heath Ledger's been the Joker. Joaquin Phoenix has been the Joker. It's like asking the question, who's the best Joker? Now I'm going to take Jim Carrey out of it because he came from, it was a totally different world of Joker. I think he might've been the Riddler as well. I, I think, can't well, yeah, he, he, I, he was, either way, he was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> If you, if you just boil it down and say, who's the better Joker, Heath Ledger or Joaquin Phoenix, the answer doesn't exist. Because what Joaquin Phoenix did as the Joker couldn't have happened if Heath Ledger hadn't have done the Joker in the Dark Knight series. Heath Ledger created something and Joaquin Phoenix stood on the shoulders of what Heath Ledger had done. And, we, and Joaquin Phoenix even said, I, I think it was that term, when he won some of his awards for that role. If he had rocked up on the first day of shooting dressed as the Joker with that character, if Heath Ledger had never done that Dark Knight series, the director would have literally just gone, what the fuck are you doing, mate? This is not what the, this, is, this isn't what the character is. <laughs> and, and even to go one step more, the director wouldn't have, have envisaged that film if it hadn't have been for Heath Ledger's Joker. And I think it's the same for basketball. Like Michael Jordan changed the way that the game was played. And now the game is played thanks to Michael Jordan. And LeBron plays that new game really well. But the game itself wouldn't have even happened if Michael hadn't have done it. Do you know what I mean? So I... Yeah, I think, look, yeah. I don't uh, think you can compare them. They, They literally, even though they played the same sport, they are different versions of it. Well, you look. You haven't rolled me up because you're actually tell- like, that's a hundred percent correct. What what you are saying is a hundred percent correct. There is no right or wrong answer to this debate. And it's just, all it is, is great fodder for barbershops. What I would say is the way I look at it or the way I come to my decision mm-hmm. is you really can't look at um, the statistics behind it because a basketball is played a lot faster now. Also, there's a lot more threes taken. It was a lot slower in their era. It was also a lot more of a physical game. It's actually now it's funny because when Kobe Bryant burst onto the scene, he played, uh, there was a real brief crossover of when Michael Jordan was at the bulls and Kobe Bryant was at the Lakers. Yeah. And, and so a lot of people drew, drew comparisons throughout Kobe's career to Michael's, but the game was actually very similar still. We, we are now 20 years removed from Michael Jordan playing as a Chicago Bulls player and, and that type of person. And the game has changed so dramatically. The way I look at it and the reason I think Michael Jordan is uh, the greatest basketball player of all time is because for six, well, you could argue for nine years. So from 1989 to uh, 1998, uh, he was the most important athlete on the planet. Mm. Michael Jordan was hands down through that period. It didn't matter what he was doing. 
everyone knew Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player on the planet and ev- and it was Michael Jordan's world and we were living in it. And I think when you look at LeBron James and his career, there has only been maybe three or four years where that's been the case. So there's only really been this period of three or four years. There was a his sort of second year playing for the Miami Heat uh, and his third year playing for the Miami Heat where that was sort of the case. And then also uh, his second year playing back at the Cleveland Cavaliers when they won the championship and came from 3-1 down in the finals. Mm-hmm. They're, they're the only moments where I would say where he has reached the same peak in social awareness as um, Michael Jordan that's did. Mike. And that's really what I think you've got to scale it against. You can't put them on the same court. No, You can't look at how they interacted with their teammates. Michael Jordan walked away. Michael Jordan was the greatest basketball player on the planet and retired twice. Like <laughs> yeah. LeBron James has played consistently since high school uh, and, and funnily enough, never retired <laughs> and always put up similar, if not better stats across the board as opposed to Michael. But they're also very different players when you look at the way basketball is played. LeBron James uh, is is a great facilitator and he's a really good teammate. And they're also different human beings. And I think you would actually find them both really interesting, Tim. And I think you would actually find LeBron James really interesting because he really believes in empowering his teammates for right. success, whereas Michael, which was really evident through that documentary, really believed in belittling the people on his team to battle harden them. Yeah. Uh, and so you're talking about two different humans with two different ethos who also live in two different eras. So as I said, the way I work it out is literally for an, an eight or nine year period, barring maybe the two years where he went and tried to play baseball, uh, the world, it, it was Michael Jordan's world and we were just living in it. Whereas LeBron James has only really reached that height two or three times. Yeah. There was There was a year where he won a championship and also won an Olympic gold medal and an MVP. And then there was a year where he won a uh, a title for his home team who hadn't, there hadn't been a championship in the, in Cleveland or the state of Ohio for 52 years. And that's across both uh, basketball and football and baseball. And he was the person that changed that. And he was brought up in, in a town called Akron, which is just outside of Cleveland. And, and it was a giant deal. So I love LeBron James, but Michael Jordan represents the greatest basketball player of all time. And I think it would be very hard to topple him off that. I don't think that the way, A, the way our society works, but also the way the game of basketball has grown in the past 20 years, there won't ever be a period where another single human being is so dominant at the absolute peak of a sport for that period of time. And and I think that's where you've actually got to compare them. You don't compare them to their sports. I would say Michael sits in a category uh, with your uh, Muhammad Ali's and with your Tiger Woods uh, and to a lesser extent, your Michael Schumacher's or your Ayrton Senna's. There's a, there's an, and also because he lived before social media, there is an element of this mythology is, do you, to him. Do you, have a, do you have a ring binder in front of you? No, this is all just inside me. This is the last time. I've been waiting for someone to ask me this question for months. This is the last time I bring basketball. (laughs) I told you, you can't even comment. Like, this is the thing. I'm going to 
fade you down. I'm gonna fade. We've got an opener now. That's the end of episode three. Do not do not try to all. You are listening to this. What we say. Do not try to all of a sudden understand Do not try to. Thanks to James. <laughs> for making our opener, it's off air.